Hello and welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Alta. I'm Emily. And I'm Jimmy. And this time we are talking about Season 3 episode, Mr. Magnetism. (laughs) So as you may have guessed, the mystery monster of this week is magnets. Yeah, but human magnets. (laughs) Polarity. The power of polarity like Magneto. So this episode of So Weird takes an interesting turn where we're not focused so much on the supernatural as we are on sci-fi. This episode has a different vibe compared to other episodes of So Weird because it's focused in a science classroom with science experiments relating to magnetism and things go very strange with a cute member of Annie's class. Yeah, it it doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't seem like it has a strong enough premise for this show. It it just doesn't seem to fit, really. Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier as I was watching it. I remember liking it a lot more than I did, like, a few years ago. But, yeah, I really didn't like it. It just seemed like a filler episode to me. Actually, thinking about it in season three just seems like a filler season. Wow. (laughs) Indeed. But I did look up the word polarity, and I liked one of the definitions. One of the definitions is the state of having two opposite or contradictory tendencies, opinions, or aspects. And we did see in the episode how it kind of tried to pair Zach as the opposite of Annie, you know, with the whole Mr. Magnetism versus Mrs. Magnetism. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what the episode was trying to get across was the opposite or contradictory tendencies between the two characters. Even within Zach himself, I, I don't know. It just felt kind of ridiculous, but he, he seemed like a nice guy at certain points. And then later on, he's just a jerk. So I guess that's what they were going for. But It's a little, it's not subtle enough for me, (laughs) you know? And just to clarify things, we're talking about Zach as in the character on this episode of So Weird, who is titular Mr. Magnetism, as he's called. Not Zach, the other co-host of the So Weird podcast. (laughs) Although every time we're talking about Zach, I am automatically going to think about our co-host Zach. (laughs) I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure he does too. (laughs) <laughs> this is payback for when we were making meow cat references, right? <laughs> there you go. I love it. I think it's worth mentioning that Zach Stewart, um, the character, is played by Craig Oleshnik, which he actually was in 13 Ghosts. I learned that today, that he was the Torn Prince ghost in 13 Ghosts. And, but he also plays with Alex Johnson later on in both of their careers in the show The Listener. And that's another strong episode where both of them kind of get to bounce off of each other. Um, and he's a mind reader, and he kind of reads her mind in the episode. And she plays a character called Hack Girl, and she's like this really savvy hacker and he has to like solve a mystery involving her. But yeah, I thought it was cool that they work it together again later on in their careers. Yeah, and that sounds so much more interesting than this episode. <laughs> it really does. I have not seen it. The polarity thing, one of you were talking about, you know, that it didn't really come off as genuine, him kind of being nice and then being mean. But with the polarity thing, I don't know the term bipolar kind of comes into mind with how his character was acting, very bipolar. Hmm, that's an interesting take, especially with the relationship between Zach and Annie in this episode. Yeah. But before we get too into that, I just want to bring up the intro for this episode starts out with this image of a drawing about people on a ship. And as we are seeing that drawing, it reminded me so much of the season two episode Mutiny, where we have that haunted story about the piece of driftwood and the captain. So you see this intro, and it sounds like it's going to be a cool episode, and then we go into this push-pull thing, and we start seeing these hands that nails are attracted to, and the idea that a person can be a human magnet. It's also interesting that right from the intro, 
And he uses the phrase, this push-pull thing, which I think is interesting because in this episode, towards the end, we get to hear the song, I think it's like, Push Me, Pull You. Yeah. A fun fact, that's the only uh, song from season three, actually, yeah, that has a good quality demo that we have. I think Jimmy's uploaded it on his YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. How'd you come by that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, there was a studio version that was provided to a fan by uh, one of the producers. I think it was Terry Frewer. Um, and it was kind of secretive, and this person was kind of keeping it away from all the fans. But I'm the type of person, you know, this show belongs to all of us. And if he gave it to one fan, then we all deserve to hear it. And so uh, no offense to that fan but he was pretty upset that I posted it on YouTube. But to me, this music belongs to all of us as fans. So I will always be the one to make sure that we get to hear the songs. Thank you, Jimmy. In the intro, when she was talking about, um, oh, that she's talking about it like past tense. She says that it's during the annual spring break science fair. And so they're not actually like in school right now. It's actually like outside of the school curriculum that they're doing the science fair during spring break. And this was the first episode that I realized, okay, this already happened to Annie. And now she's looking back and telling us the story in past tense. Huh. Ooh, that's a good find. I never picked up on that. I, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting though, because it doesn't, I don't know, usually when that happens, at the end of the episode, it comes back with another voiceover, you know. Like, not in so weird, but if someone's saying, oh, yeah, this happened a long time ago, then at the end it'll be like, oh, but now I realize, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, like, usually somebody learns something. Yeah. And that's what she she says, and it wasn't until the annual spring break science fair that I learned that people, you know, could have a power uh, of magnetism or whatever she specifically said. But that's when I realized, like, oh, okay, this already happened. She's now telling us the story in past tense. It was weird. I like that. That's a good point. I also think this episode is weird because something we always credited seasons one and two for doing is, or what we credited them for not doing, is not using eye candy or exploiting the actors for their looks. I really dislike the way this episode puts all the focus on, like, oh, look at this guy, Zach. He's so cute. He's Mr. Magnetism. We all want him, want to date him. He's so cute. Let's go talk to him. It just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, really? I like when Jack is like, you know, what's so good about Zach? And I love when Rhonda says, well, Jack, clearly your experiment must have affected your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Dark side, my eyes are fine. I just feel like his dialogue, he didn't have a lot to work with, this Zack actor, and he just, his dialogue wasn't very cool. It was hard for me to buy that he was the cool guy at school, I guess. Yeah, the- especially since this is the only time we ever hear of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, writing was very not on par for this one. And I think it was written by a guy named Ethan Lawrence, who this is his only episode, so. And again, I think this episode continues with season three's theme of Annie just wants to be normal, but weird stuff just happens to happen around her. Yeah. Because even in this episode, she's like, oh, Zach's just a normal guy. So her friends accuse her of, like, snubbing him. And she's like, oh, well, I'm just being normal. Normal, normal, normal. Hmm. And it's like, Annie, you're trying too hard. Stop <laughs> being such a fake person. You think he's cute. Just do what you want to do, Annie. Yeah. So, you know, you're bringing that up, how, like, you know, she is really irritated with him at the beginning and then she agrees to go on a date with him and it's like she kind of just kind of gives in. Mm -hmm. But like, then there's that scene in the hallway where she is, Jack says she's acting weird and she's like, I'm going out with the cool guy at school. And I thought that was part of the mystery. That was part of like the weird element. Something was going on with Annie. 
I don't know. It just feels like a total flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is part, probably part of the mystery because the whole Mr. Magnetism thing, I guess, bringing any uh, polarity, I don't know if that makes any sense, but... I guess, but in terms of, like, him becoming Mr. Magnetism at the end, had he become a magnet before this episode at some point? Or, I don't, you know, was Maybe. it like... His personality. He has a magnetic personality. That's why he, they they call him that. Yeah. But well, still, his personality in this episode, from what we see, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I feel like this episode was just trying to use the expression opposites attract and focusing more on the romantic aspect with getting Annie this love interest and trying to play off of that than actually writing a coherent story based on like this sci-fi phenomenon. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that he, you know, maybe not so much had a crush on Annie, but when, or like when he does initially go and like press the knob for her to get a drink of water, she blows him off. And then I think really the reason why he reaches out to her to go to the movies is because he realized that his power or his personality of magnetism didn't draw her in, like it didn't work. So he had to like prove to himself as a sociopath would, you know, like how can I manipulate her? oh, I'll ask her to the movies. And so as soon as she accepts, then he blows her off like, why would you think I want to take you to the movies? I'm Mr. Magnetism. So I think he really did it for his own ego just to prove that like you do like me. Yeah, that was pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, overall, this guy is a creep. And again, when he blew her off, part of me was like, did something happen here? Did like... Was that like all in Annie's imagination or is he not remembering? Like that's where I went because I just, <laughs> I was still trying to wait for the weird stuff to happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And she was with her girlfriends and I think maybe like with, you know, Jack and Chelsea and Rhonda standing there, he didn't want to admit, you know, that I asked her out. I was really just trying to prove to myself that I could win you over if I wanted to. And, you know, then he embarrasses her. Yeah. yeah. He's a jerk. I feel like the writing in this episode of Boys vs. Girls is just really weird. Because after that happens, we get this encounter between Annie and Jack at the house, where Annie interrupts Jack's video games, kind of ask him advice about boys and girls. And even Jack kind of blows her off a little bit, and she gets frustrated. And it's played for laughs, but it just seems like the writer's are doing very generic cliche things about boys and girls rather than actually writing a story that's true to the characters and gets to the heart of a weird phenomenon. The dialogue in that scene was just so hard to follow. I really wasn't understanding the point they were trying to make because it was like so simplistic. It was, I don't know. Like they were like, some guys who are cruel don't look great. But yeah. then some guys who look great aren't cool. And I was just waiting for them to get to the point. And then they didn't really. I know. It sounded like it was written by a 12-year-old. Yeah, and it felt like Patrick Lovis was having a hard time delivering it, too. Like, this does not seem like my character. <laughs> I did like how when he blew her off initially... Conrad the panther like was not here for it like as soon as he walked away like the panther like turns around in the painting and like looks at him and initially I was like why is the panther there like what's gonna happen to her why would Conrad be there and um then I realized that maybe it was because he was going to initially try to turn Annie into Miss Magnetism and give her the power as well so maybe that's why the panther was there to kind of protect her yeah i Maybe. guess but in the end he only ends up hurting himself he didn't yeah. really do much <laughs> no and he also gives me serious jordan vibes from the season two episode avatar where jordan wanted to make fee his queen again we had this guy obsessed with making our female protagonist like his submissive follower like yeah. tied to him and it's so contrary to what we love about our female characters 
that is just so cringy and I want to punch this episode in the face. <laughs> I don't like it much at all. I did like that Jack stood up to him and, you know, kind of tried to protect Annie. That's one thing I really admire about Jack is that he's not afraid to be that knight in shining armor for like whatever cause he believes in. And he does talk really eloquently with male characters like the Babel episode in this episode. It's almost like borderline, I don't want to say like homo, but it's like he really kind of isn't afraid to get like empathetic and, and to humble himself to the male characters um, in the show. Like by saying like, there's a good person in you. And I, you know, like I know there's a good person in you. Like it's like, wow, he's so sensitive. Jimmy, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because, okay, there's a scene with Jack and uh, Zach and Zach's showing off his experiment mm -hmm. and he like writes Jack's name. And then whenever he does the experiment, the magnets like are attracted to Jack's name. Yes. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, it's a little flirtatious. He's not afraid to like, like it's like almost like Zach flirts with anyone who will give him attention. I know. And, yes. And then he said, I think it's pretty obvious. Don't you? And there's like this pause and I'm like, what do you mean by that? I am so glad you brought this up because when I was doing the random shit videos a few years ago, <laughs> I really wanted to include Jack and Zach. I just couldn't find the right song to fit it. Oh my God. I never ever saw that, but now I it's one of those things I can't unsee. Well, it's just because the dialogue was so... It's just so weird. Like, he's like, I think it's pretty obvious, don't you? Right after writing Jack's name. And yeah. then there's this pause, and then he's like, then I'm going to kick everyone's butt at the science fair. I'm like, what? And then That's the way that Jack seems weirdly jealous when the girls keep talking about him, where he, it almost feels like Jack wants to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. It seems like Jack was jealous when Annie was interested in him. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that, too, though. Nowadays, we have, like, songs that you could make that ship video with. I was thinking of, like, a Troy Sivan song or something that you could do, like, a Zach Jack ship thing video. That'd be funny. What yeah, could their sure. ship name be? Because both their names end in the same sound. Oh, yeah. We can call them Zajack. <laughs> Maybe work with their last names. Jagtism. <laughs> That's another thing I didn't really like. How everybody seemed to be referring to him as first and last name rather than just first name. Like, okay, we get it. His last name is Stuart. Why? <laughs> it's not special. Right. Also, another thing is relating to his creepiness factor. The fact is he reached his like stalker level towards the end of the episode when Annie is home in a room alone practicing her guitar and all of a sudden paper clips fly to the windows and a stapler comes flying and shatters the window. That is stalker level shit. Yeah. Very disturbing. That was creepy. Yes. I don't think for a Disney show like it was meant to be taken that way. But I think it's very problematic that they're putting this as like, oh, they have this relationship and he's trying to court her. When it's like, no, that's not how you go about that. She doesn't need to try to make friends with him. She needs to call the cops on his ass. Hmm. Yeah. And I wonder how far away he was. Was he like at home manipulating stuff in Annie's room somehow? Or was he like right outside the window? He was outside the sounds window. Like he was yeah. You could see him? No, but she mentions the next day when she confronts him in school, she's like, you know what I'm talking about, outside the window. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted, um, or I was mad at you because you weren't listening to me. And then she's like, do you know how much that scared me? Ugh. Like, that scared the crap out of me. And do you know how much it costs to fix a window? Like, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, the bigger issue isn't the window. It's the fact that he's a freaking stalker. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what Molly thinks of that. I mean, did she know there was a guy outside her window? Well, like, she comes in afterwards and gives Annie advice, and they have that cute little hug. But I think part of the reason why I dislike this episode so much is because there is a lack of adults in here. 
we don't have yeah. Molly. We don't see Irene or Ned at all, except we see a photo of Ned with uh, Clue and Carrie in it. That's on the desk yeah, when the paper clips go flying. No. As a kid, I liked this episode because it came out when I was in third grade. And we did a magnet activity in class, and I loved it, and it was so much fun. But everything about this episode, looking back on it now, is so messed up. It's not even really about the magnetism at all. It's just about how this guy is a freaking creep. I wonder if, like, Molly thinks that Annie just, like, picked up a stapler and, like, chucked it through the window. Like, how many times would Molly think that, like, Annie's just this problem child like all this shit keeps going wrong when annie's around i think molly's just used to this stuff yeah she's like looking out the window with her cup of tea like i don't even know what to make of this like what's really going on with this girl that's another thing where the dynamic of the show just gets weird with annie because that reminds me of the blues episode where the record goes flying out of the record cover at Mrs. Addison's club, and uh, Molly immediately blames Fee for, like, throwing the disc and tries to discipline Fee, and Fee explains, like, no, it just went flying. But here, because it's not her kid, like, she doesn't take that approach. She's like, oh, no, the window broke. I'm glad you're okay, sweetie. Instead of, like, placing blame. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought it was weird for uh, Molly to be blaming in the blues episode anyway like she knows her daughter wouldn't throw something on the ground i thought that was kind of weird myself but. right <laughs> but it's funny to think of it from her perspective like from molly's perspective all she sees is this record go flying at this lady that just basically bitched her out so it's like fee's like bitch and she like throws this <laughs> record at the lady. from molly's perspective she's yeah. like hey how dare you uh-huh. Getting back to the episode, um, I like that, you know, they kind of try to come up with why or how Zach gained this power. When Annie comes back into the classroom to look for him and then she sees him in the closet, which she looks both ways in that closet. And then all of a sudden he steps out of like nowhere. (laughs) But it's like, where was he? Like, clearly she should have saw him. But he makes a point. He says something could have caused the magnetic waves to maybe act on the iron in my blood and so i was thinking like oh well that might you know like explain how the polarity took control of his body but then it's funny how certain metal objects attract to him but then there's like all kinds of other metal around that didn't attract to him didn't really think about that when he's like pulling the ruler off his leg he's literally standing right next to like a metal shelf I'm like, why didn't the shelf, like, roll to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, plus, in schools like that, even the doors are, like, metal, so the door would have probably been flying off to him if it was that strong. So maybe it was him acting or something, I don't know. Making it stronger than what it really is for whatever objects are small enough. Did you guys notice in the cafeteria scene just for the writing of the show, that Zach is the only one that has metal silverware. And if you look at Jack's silverware and all the other students' silverware, they all have plasticware, mm-hmm. but only he has that spoon just for like the episode. I was like, oh, that's cliche or ironic. Maybe he brought it himself. Yeah, to show off. Maybe. <laughs> that is silly. Yeah, episode is silly. Mm-hmm. Like the scene before, I don't know. Zach is just discovering his powers or whatever, and then everything shoots at him, and he says, "This can't be good." And then, like two seconds later, he's like, "Is this awesome or what?" Like literally, his next line is that. <laughs> yeah, I I laughed at that one. Did you guys notice his bad line delivery when he's like, Annie? No magician could do this. And I was like, magician? <laughs> he literally says, magician. Yeah. I honestly didn't even catch that. Me neither. I had to rewind it a few times. Like, no, he said magician. I, I mean, I feel for him, though, because he really didn't have a lot to work with. I think he yeah. says something about Annie sticking her nose into his business twice. 
like the exact same way. Yeah, the writing for this episode was just so bad. Yeah. And, and the content for it doesn't feel like an episode of So Weird. It reminds me so much of the series Strange Days at Blake Holsey High because like that was a series that took place at a school and it revolved around the sci-fi aspect of the supernatural where kids would discover weird things in their, their science club and it was always like supernatural phenomenon was explained away with pseudoscience, which was really cool. Yeah. And this would have been a cool episode to do on that show where it would fit with the themes of it. But for an episode of So Weird, it's nah. It's yeah. a no for me, bro. I also thought it was worth mentioning that during the window scene when Annie's having that interchange with Molly, she says that she wants to sing her song at the science fair, but with different lyrics. I wonder what the original lyrics were, you know, just in the fiction of the show. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm curious too. What also really bothers me that the songs in season three, they're so overt and specific to the episode. Like, there's no depth to them. They're all focused on plot rather than character development. I really miss Molly's songs from seasons one and two. We do get a Molly song next episode, though. The best Molly song in the season. I probably heard it once, so... <laughs> it's a different story. different story. Yeah, that one I do like. I actually have a tattoo with that song, so... Oh, cool. Yeah. You got one of Alex's songs uh, tattooed on your arm, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, the uh, a sound wave of Tears of a Dragon. Wait, no. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Alex actually loved the loves this loves that tattoo too. Yeah, she posted the photo on her Instagram, right? Yeah. Awesome. Oh. So I guess we'll get towards the finale of this episode <laughs> so annie confronts zach and trying to convince him to stop with whatever he's doing and she says you know that people think he's cool but they get all weak around him and she wants to get to know the real him and i don't know after that he tries to convince her to become mrs magnetism or something i don't know <laughs> getting carted off into an ambulance yeah he goes to the talent show, or not even a talent show. It's a concert at a science fair. Like, yeah, which makes make... no sense. <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't make sense for it to be during spring break either. Yeah, no. uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, I thought, like, because I thought about that too, but I was like, okay, well, Jack and Annie's, their experiment was the sound waves. And so I was like, oh, maybe she's going to perform a number just to show how music and the frequencies of music can go from 40, you know, megahertz or whatever to 4,000. So she was going to perform a song, you know, during their experiment or something, because she did say she had some different lyrics to that music. Maybe it was going to be like talking about sound waves. I don't know. But then she changed it. And I did like how uh, how intelligent the lyrics are to the song, you know, as it like it does kind of focus more on the plot. But I did think they were kind of intelligent lyrics. But it does show the difference between Terry Frewer as a writer versus John Cooksey as a writer. Um, how John Cooksey's songs were more metaphoric to what was happening in the backstory of the show. And then Terry Frewer's are more like just plot. Yeah. The best part of that song is that we see Chuck. Chuck is there. He's, <laughs> he's being <laughs> his Phoenix usual self. Yes, they're all there. Now Molly's singing backup. Yes, I find that so insulting to make <laughs> Molly a backup singer. It is different. And I think she really <laughs> I think she really did perform um on the song on the studio version. It sounds like it's really her on the studio version too. So it's another yeah. collab that they have besides One in a Million World, which is kind of cool. But during that song did you guys think it was weird that like when Zach was walking down the hallway that all the lockers flew open, but they all still had locks on them? I'm like, is he breaking <laughs> the metal like just by walking by? I think it's just poorly written and it was shown for a fact with no actual thought put into it. That's See, the big problem. 
Yeah. Then they show Conrad again, but he doesn't do anything. I guess he just kind of is intuitive and knows that uh, Zach's just going to, you know, make himself look like a fool in the end. So, <laughs> yeah. And then it's also weird how they treat that concert at the end, like an actual gig, because you see Jack standing off to the side, like he does at his mom's concerts. But like, dude, you're in your high school cafeteria. Why aren't you with everybody else? I don't know. It's just one of those episodes. Did you guys see Molly's face when Zach makes the microphone fly? I liked her, like, shocked face in that scene. Yeah. I think that needs to be a reaction gif right there. I like Zach's skyliner in that right. scene. He rocks it. <laughs> Good job to the makeup artist. Yeah, I like his look when he looks up and realizes the light is going to fall on him. And all the people go running. They're like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, they caught it, but he didn't. And also, when he does get carted off in the ambulance, like it kind of pats the audience on the head that, like, oh, you know, this story's over now because they're like, well, we'll give him some X-rays, and he's like, no X-rays. The radiation might reverse the magnetism, and so it like kind of pats the audience. They're like, yep, this storyline's over. <laughs> yeah, and it was barely a storyline. It didn't make sense. And he was just a creep. Oh, and Jack, uh, the way he was trying to stop Jack uh, when he was in the cafeteria, I liked that. Yeah. It seems very Jack-like, I don't know. Is there really anything else to talk about in this episode? No, not I, that I can think I of. I like the, the tribal music at the end. I, I thought it was pretty. I can't remember. <laughs> It goes into Annie's like tribal music toward the end. Like da 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 that one. I don't know. Sorry. It's a little more softer and somber. Maybe it's not this specific one, it's like a different one, but it's kind of soft and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Hmm. So ratings or anything else? I'm ready to go into ratings if you guys are. Yeah. yeah. I think I will give it like a four, to be honest. There are a few things I like, but then most of it is just like meh. I think I give it like maybe a five out of ten, just because I do like the song and I have listened to it many times over the years. I kind of would like listen to it when I get into arguments with my uncle. My grandma adopted me and my siblings um, as a teenager, and that's when this song like was new to me. That's when it was airing. And I used to fight with my uncle a lot. He's six months younger than me. And I would always think of this song like, you're just a bump. Like you think you're a, a mountain, but you're just a bump. Or you think you, you move like an earthquake, but you're just a bump. Because his personality was a lot bigger than mine. So I would always listen to this song and be like, yeah, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Emily? Uh, two thumbs down. This one doesn't do anything yeah. for me. I mean... I can't think of really much that I liked about it at all. I kind of like the Jack and Annie stuff, I guess, but I'm not like a strong shipper in that regard. So Zach, his character, the dialogue, and the acting, really, they all drag this episode down. Yeah, and the mystery mystery just isn't strong enough for me. The supernatural sci-fi mystery, you know? Yeah, for me, this episode gets like a two, possibly a three. The only reason why it gets points at all for me is because I do have fond memories of watching it as a kid. When I was a kid, I liked it because I really liked magnets. I thought magnets were cool. And I remember watching it on TV while on the phone with my best friend who had transferred schools. And we were talking about the episode as we were talking on the phone with each other. So I have a good memory of it. But overall, looking back at it now, this episode is poorly written. This guy's a creep, and it's not addressed properly, and there are so many plot holes. It does not feel like an episode of So Weird. Yeah. And yeah. watching it, it was, it was almost like watching a dream or something. I don't know. The dialogue was just so odd <laughs> that it felt like I was watching one of my own dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. Go back into the feedback corner. Yeah, let's pull that up. This first one comes from Andrea on the Muse. She says, I appreciate this review and it inspired an interview question. If you ever interview Alex Johnson, will you ask her about her personal Muse? I want to know what has and does inspire her in the music industry. I love the deep analysis on the Thinking About Tomorrow song. And the way you tied into the line, one day the sun will rise from another world. I also want to point out that seeing Rick and the silent indication that he gives, assuring her that it is okay to move on, also ties into more like a river. When Molly sings the line, I know what you'd say to me, finish this dream. And thank you all for the deep digging you do into the little details of the show. I didn't even notice the inconsistencies in the Molly Riggs tagline. Your attention to detail never fails to impress me as I listen to these episodes, which I will be doing more regularly again. Oh, and Zach, about re-watching even Stevens, my brother and I did that back in December 2017 uh, when I was home for a brief visit. We still love this show, and we both thought that Twitty's hair looked like blue balls. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrea. Yeah. I really love your comments about the deep analysis on the songs because that is my favorite part of this podcast. I love that we're able to dig into it so deeply and analyze things. And I will definitely make a note to ask that to Alex if we ever interview her. Yeah, that's a really good question. Jimmy, do you want to take this next one? Sure. Um, it comes from Moonlight Real on the Babel episode. It says, even at age 15 or whatever, I noticed Molly's sudden dyslexia and sudden cat allergy and recognized lazy writing. I bet the showrunners from the first two seasons would have caught that and fixed it so those two retcons wouldn't have happened so close together. But while trashing the writing, I have to give props to the actors. Mackenzie Phillips especially is still giving it her best even as the season goes downhill around her. And she really is a talented actor and singer and it's such a shame the crap in her life kept her from being as great as she could have been. Awesome. Hey, Mackenzie Phillips is still doing great things. She opened, uh, uh, what was it, a counseling center? Mm -hmm. The Brief Life Health Center in LA. It's a yeah, um, drug and alcohol facility. So that's yeah. pretty awesome, I have to say. Yeah, she's an amazing person, and she's still doing a lot of great work. We have a com another comment on the Babel episode from HCYSAF on, I guess this was Podbean. They said, in this episode, I don't think that you should have made fun of the idea of God or the Bible, because even the Bible itself has ties to the supernatural, and from what I've seen in lots of documentaries is that the Bible is part of the mysticism of the Hebrew Bible. It's where the idea came for like Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. And then they commented further. The reasons why I said those things, the real reason is because I'm a Christian. When I say that the Bible is part of the idea of the supernatural, it's because of what you guys said about so weird because I've seen lots of documentaries talking about stuff that relates to the Bible. And as to the joke about God, I just think that you guys should know better than making fun of my religion. And I think that basically that pretty much sums it up. I think they were referring to something we said in the episode about camera looking up at God. It's kind of just a throwaway joke that we made at some point. And I'm assuming that's what they found offensive. So nobody on the show meant to be offensive or make fun of religion. Especially since we all have different faiths. Some of us are Christian. Some of us are not. I wasn't on the episode that day. 
But one thing that I did want to talk about on that is the way that So Weird handled religion because it varies from what I grew up hearing religiously and what I was taught about the Tower of Babel. So I think the episode itself is a difficult one to talk about in regards to religion because what religion says is one thing and what this show says is another thing. So it's a touchy subject, but it was never meant to be made fun of. And I'm sorry that you took it that way. So we definitely want to just, you know, apologize to any Christian viewers that might have thought that that was yeah, a joke toward God. We definitely respect God no matter what culture he comes from or she comes from. Um, and we're never out to hurt anyone's feelings. We're just voicing our own thoughts and ideas about how we felt about each episode. Uh, but again, on behalf of our podcast and all of our cast members, we apologize if that has offended anyone. So we're, we apologize for that. And please don't think that we are trying to make fun of any specific religion. That is never our, our intention. So thank you for the feedback and we'll work harder. And yeah. we never meant to offend anyone. We love all people of all cultures. I, I agree. And I'm, I'm sorry that that was upsetting to you. And this next comment is also from the episode Babel from Andrea. I'm with Zizak. I like Ginger Snaps too. In fact, when I have things to do, I often play that movie and use it as background noise. Another thing I want to mention is that for the Babel episode, we just barely see the car that Jack and Clue bought together and drive as they are heading into the school with Annie. I appreciate that little bit of continuity. Since Mr. Magnetism is the next episode in line, I just want to say to Kat that I think your Zach Annie pairing is one of the most well-done random ships in your videos. If you told me that Taylor Swift's invisible lyrics accurately represented how Annie felt about Zach, I would believe you if I didn't know any better. The clips were paired so well with the music in that video. What strikes me as interesting is that technically, whole episode is flashback. Annie does talk about magnetism in a historical sense, but she also relates to the personal experience of what happened with Zach. When she says, until one day when school was planning its big annual science fair, that's when I found out that magnetism could be pretty dangerous in the wrong hands. The past tense of found out implies that we, the audience, are watching something that already happened to Annie in the gang. I love Annie's song as a tool to try to warn Zach about the consequences of his behavior and his magnetic powers, but I can't help but wonder, what would her original song had been about had she not changed her lyrics? Mm -hmm. Now that Kat has had a few jokes made at her expense during the Meow episode, I wonder if it is now Zach's turn, considering he shares a name with the main mm -hmm. guest star of Mr. Magnetism. You Thank you so much, Andrew. And you were like on the ball with all the different things we talked about today. She always is. It's crazy how like she'll voice things in the feedback and then we talk about them later and then we go back and read her feedback and we're like, wow, like you totally took the words out of our mouth. I think you're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much for the comments about the Zach Annie pairing from the random ship videos. I'm so glad that people still enjoy those. Yeah, they're the best. Mm -hmm. I was actually uh, watching uh, one of your videos earlier, the I'd Lie one. Your videos are all it's really great. Well, thank you. We have one more comment from Bobby Bermudez on our Rewind episode. They said, I can't believe nobody mentioned the Little Mermaid in this episode. Ursula steals Ariel's voice and then uses it to seduce Prince Eric. I'm surprised we didn't mention that either. I could have sworn we did. Oh. Yeah, we talked about that in the episode about how she stole the voice and put it in a seashell and when the seashell broke then the voice was released back to ariel love that comment bobby bermudez but i think you need to give that episode another listen <laughs> he's so sassy rewind and listen again <laughs> anyway thank you all for all the feedback yes we really appreciate each and every comment thank you so much for all of your feedback and please leave comments below. Let us know what you think about Mr. Magnetism. Um, and do you have we'll, any announcements to make? I was going to say that all that is getting a reboot. And I just saw the interview with the cast. And those kids are adorable. I can't wait for the new all that show reboot. It's going to be awesome. These kids are very talented. I'm happy that it's coming back to 
rewatching the original is a little hard to watch, but I, I do yeah, I have fond memories of watching it when I was younger. Yeah, I don't think I ever really watched the original. It was so funny to me when I was growing up. I loved Lori Beth Denberg and Keenan and Kel, Amanda Bynes. It, I mean, so many great. What was his name? Zacharelli. I, I forget his full name, but he played on Pete and Pete. Danny I mean, Tamburelli. Danny Tamburelli. Tamburelli. Yeah, he was amazing. All those actors were great back then. And back then for our comedy as teenagers, I think it really hit home with us because it was so quirky. It was kind of the SNL for preteens. And so it was really funny to me growing up. Yeah, and also Gabriel Iglesias started out on all that. I did not know that. Yeah, he was on like one of the last seasons of the original cast. Wow. That's amazing. He's fantastic. I keep up with him even to this day. Me and my partner, we love him. That's funny. That's great. Yeah, so I'm glad to see that Nickelodeon is rebooting some of their older shows. It would be nice if Disney could take another look at So Weird and see if they could do a little something-something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that allows me to segue into the discussion of a Disney Channel Supernatural show that's coming out. One of our listeners sent this into the Twitter account, I think, or maybe to me. I don't remember. But basically, there is a pilot being developed for Disney Plus for a series called Sulphur Springs. It's called Silver Springs? Sulfur Springs. Oh, I thought you said Silver Springs, and I was like, whoa, that is so weird, because <laughs> Cara Delizia and Patrick Lovis, stars of So Weird, were born in Silver Springs, Maryland. Um, yeah, I know, but no, it's Sulfur Springs, <laughs> which is interesting, because So Weird's, you know, Fee and the Phillips family are from Hope Springs. But anyway, okay, so it says written and executive produced by Tracy Thompson and Charles Pratt, Sulphur Springs was originally developed as a potential pilot for Disney Channel. At some point, the project that is described as a Stranger Things-like supernatural drama for the younger set was pitched to Disney+. And so basically, it's got a cast contingent series order. It's about a boy and his family moving into a supposedly haunted hotel on the edge of a small town called Sulphur Springs. So I, I don't think they know if it's going to be live action yet or I guess like a one cam or multi-cam show. But there you have it. Another supernatural show for kids from Disney. It sounds really interesting. Well, yeah. there's two ways it could go. You know, one thing I think that all of us are really missing about a lot of the dramas that were on when we were younger is the whole drama aspect. You know, I Agreed. feel like Disney needs to dive more into drama and not so much the sitcom slapstick funny shows that were out for millennials, which those are great too. But, you know, I would love to see a show that really dives back into the supernatural and the drama with a younger cast, you know, we'll see. Is that everything? The only other thing I was going to mention is that I recently went to Colorado, which, as we know, is where the, the Phillips family's from. Did and... you bring back a stick? <laughs> no <laughs> stick, no. I was looking around for so weird kind of stuff, just just for fun, you know, imagining, oh, yeah, he could have been here or whatever. <laughs> I found some Bigfoot socks and some alien socks and some souvenir shop and I, I was going to buy them, but nah, <laughs> but I did end up going to Red Rocks, which was really cool because Molly Phillips performed at Red Rocks in the fountain episode uh, for the benefit for children with special needs. I think I got to go there and imagine that Molly Phillips was performing on stage, you know, it was, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I think the picture is up on, the so weird Twitter, so weird on Disney. So check it out if you want. I realize kind of a weird correlation. Like you guys know my father recently passed away, but it was in Manitou Springs, Colorado. Isn't that oh, weird? Okay. Yeah. Not to bring the mood down, but I would just realize that like put two and two together, like Colorado Springs, huh. Manitou Springs, my dad. Oh yeah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Why are there so many springs in Colorado? There's also Colorado Springs. 
there's no hope springs, unfortunately. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure out at one point where Hope Springs could be located based on them saying where Red Rocks or how far away it was from Red Rocks or to Grand Junction or whatever. I was trying to figure it out, but there's really no way, so. Yeah. All right, so that is it for this episode of the So Weird Podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, keep the faith, never give up on So Weird. I'm Kat. I'm Melissa. I'm Emily. And I'm Jimmy. Mm, yeah.